when you were talking about Christmas shopping yesterday <laughs> last night, I was like, I only want three things for Christmas. Okay, I want a computer, a tablet, and an iPhone. Fuck you. Just, just kidding, I want a lizard. <laughs> ah, what a great lead! What a great lead! Get the lizard and then no. your cat will eat it! Hell no, I'm not putting a lizard in my house. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life. Books and champagne. Brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready? And yep. books are sexy. Are we recording? Okay. You guys, I'm so excited. Rachel bought us Snoop Dogg champagne. Oh, let me see the Kay. label. So okay. in gold letters, it says Snoop. Because that's all you got to say. It has a crest with lions, and then it has this badass oh, face. Is it orange? Oh, I did not know that. A rare fact that Rachel knows about Snoop Dogg is that he changed his name to Snoop Lion. Um, and this is called 19 Crimes, Cali Gold, um, California Sparkling Wine. We'll find out. Okay, we should be sipping on gin and juice. Yeah, <laughs> I would do that too. I like gin and lemon juice. Okay, the, apparently there's a story back here that we got to read about this. 19 Crimes tells the true sto- story of the rule breakers who beat the odds, overcame adversity, and went on to become folk heroes in their society the spirit lives on today through innovators and culture creators like Callie's own snoop dog a leader in the contemporary pop culture snoop embodies the timeless values of the 19 crimes rogues who became who came before him and then it says glasses up okay so if you want more of the story there's a qr code on it sounds like a book he's all over the place I um I loved the Super Bowl halftime performance this year when uh, I think Snoop Dogg was my favorite. Of, actually, I don't know, maybe Mary J. Blige. They were all good, but um, I really enjoyed Snoop Dogg and the halftime show. I really enjoy that Snoop Dogg is Snoop Dogg. You know who he is. Yeah. What you see is what you get. He has a <laughs> sense of humor. He doesn't. Has he? I mean. He's best friends with Martha Stewart. I know. <laughs> the marketing dream of dreams. But the verdict is still out whether he can make a sparkling wine. Let's find out what Let's his taste is. Let's find out, Snoop Dogg. We're testing you. There is a lot on the line. I'm a Snoop little Dogg, nervous. if you want to call in with your commentary. Feel free. Feel free. Come. Woo! Okay, let me smell it. it smells good. Mmm. It's better not be juicy, sweet, Rachel. apple juice. better not be juicy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try our best. Mm. It's very bubbly. Pass along. So, Ellen, tell me what you've been reading. We are getting into holiday season. And in addition to being book lovers, we are now retail store owners. And we have to learn this whole phenomenon of like the retail season. Um, <laughs> the greatest news we got today, you guys, 
Main Street has been beautifying itself with a grant by replacing the pavers up and down. And they go up and down the street. They have all their machinery. It takes quite a bit of work. And all of the Main Street businesses have very patiently put up with the work. We were so nervous that our section of pavement was going to be slated for November holiday shopping season when you need to be busting in our doors. Guess what? They're, they're pausing. waiting. They're pausing. They're waiting till spring. Thank you, City of Ames. Thank you, City of Ames. You We're so happy. Solid. You did us a solid. And the the pavers that are out there right now, they'll get you in our door. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are they are intact, workable pavers. Yeah. So good news. Leads you to reading bliss. Okay. One other exciting bit of news because I'm just like full of joy today. So I'm <laughs> something's gonna kill it. I'm sure, but. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh. take a sip. Let's see if okay, it kills your on. joy. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much did it kill your joy? This tastes like <laughs> going to one of those, like, little, I mean, the Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> we make winery, uh, champagne. Um, oh, I you got to try it. I knew this was going to be oddly specific. <laughs> so It's, it's a, juice. Did it kill your joy? No, it didn't come my joy. Okay. What else are you joyful about? We have mascot lovies in the store. Now, not to be confused with, we have a very special puppy who's going home with the puppy pack um, for subscribers who subscribe um, in 2022, so this year, um, that are going to get lots of fun little perks because of Ellen's mom. They have adorable bandanas. The little puppies that come in the puppy pack. Am, but these are like larger stuffed animals. Yeah. I mean, they're like normal size stuffed animals. Yeah. They're like one you would like carry under your arm. Your little, we always call them friends at my house. Like, bring your friend. Where's your friend? Because, <laughs> you know, like my kids each had one, a thing that they were obsessed with, you know, that got loved to bits. And we know that our customers love lovey. And so we gave them a mascot lovey that they can bring home. It's a plush um, golden retriever that has an adorable bandana lovingly made by Ellen's mother. It's perfection has our logo stamped in it and leather. Thanks to our good friend, Russ and all the parts came together today. And I put the bandanas on and I sprinkled them throughout the store so excited. and I am so happy. So no pavers in November and new plush puppies and, and my joy could not be ruined by Wisconsin Dells Winery Wine. Wisconsin Dells has many other things to offer. <laughs> I don't I don't want the Wisconsin Dells Visitors Bureau to get upset with us. But that's the type of champagne we're talking about. I've this never, does not taste like it was made in California. I've never been to the Wisconsin Dells, which is strange because it's not far. But it was part of our um family road trip, like add-on type of thing where it was like, okay, let's go somewhere close let's go to the wisconsin dells let's go to um traverse city michigan and then we like branch out a little bit further and then a little bit further and then we ended up on our road trip semi from hell across the southwest that ended up being very enriching <laughs> and i did not have any desert wine while i was there it's too bad yep okay back to books ellen what are you reading right now um so i'm doing what you're doing which is reading ahead into the next year so i am reading an advanced reader copy of a novel called small world by laura zigman it comes out in january and 
It's about two sisters in their like early 50s, and they have lived on separate coasts for all of their adult life. They grew up in Boston, and the main character who is the one telling the story is Joyce, and she has stayed in Boston. And then her sister Lydia has lived in California. They're both recently divorced and childless. And Lydia moves back to Boston and moves in with Joyce. So I loved that premise. I was like, yeah. that's what sisters should do. But they they have this interesting relationship because yep. they're not, they haven't been estranged. Like they don't have um, a super contentious relationship, but they're not close and they have an interesting childhood. So it's sort of interspersed with stories from their childhood. So Lydia's the oldest and Joyce is the youngest. And in between them, they had a sister, Eleanor, who ha- had profound um, disabilities. And their mother was sort of this like warrior for like disability activism, like mm-hmm. trying to get services and rights, you know, all throughout like the 70s and 80s for their daughter, for her daughter, Eleanor, the middle child. And <clears throat> so the other two kids were often kind of left to their own devices because the idea was like, you're fine. You don't need us. Eleanor needs us. And then against their better judgment the parents put Eleanor in a home for disabled children when she was nine years old and she died of the flu you know and so their family like has always sort of their mother has been like super hardcore activist and there's their family has always centered around this one sister who's not there anymore Mm -hmm. um so it's really kind of them coming together and connecting and rehashing their childhoods a little bit which i think is a very universal story like every family has components that could parallel some of what they're struggling with i read her previous book (laughs) separation anxiety please look up the cover it is about a woman i think again i have not prepared for this so my summary can be slightly off but i believe her child is growing it's a son one child in the family and I, I think he's in, he's at that age where like, I don't need to hold your hand anymore. Full day school. Yeah. I don't think he's off to college. I think it's more just like grown up kid. And I don't think the marriage is going well. This woman is kind of lost. Like, what's my purpose? Mm-hmm. And she becomes <laughs> obsessed with carrying her dog in a baby cure. I think she was going through the baby clothes and she just didn't want to, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. when you go through the baby clothes and it's the last time and they're gone, gone. Yeah. You cry. Oh, yeah. You feel weird. You, I don't know. And so she can't get rid of the baby carrier. So she puts the dog in the baby <laughs> carrier and starts carrying him around unapologetically. And everyone's just like, People will comment and she just like won't. She just won't indulge it. <laughs> so anyway. So um, it's kind of dealing with these like sort of phases of life mm-hmm. that many people can relate to. And yeah. like the other element of this of this story too is that both of these sisters are like newly divorced. And so they're each sort of questioning like, how did I fail in my marriage? Why did my marriage fail? How did my how does my childhood or did my childhood play a role in the person I've become? And the failure I think I've become. Um, Which is why we should all have therapists. Yes. You so and yeah, I have it's... therapists. I have multiple therapists for all the roles in my life. <laughs> I think I'm up to four now um, for my different relationships. Rachel, you need to get on board. Get a therapist. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> Rachel has been burned by a therapist. This will not happen to you. You should go to a therapist. Okay. So, to recap, sisters reunited, figuring themselves out, small world by Laura Zygman. Yeah. And Laura Zygman also wrote Separation Anxiety. What are you reading, Amanda? Okay. It's so complicated because we're taking this responsibility of reading ahead very seriously. And we don't want to like, we don't want to reveal all our secrets. Like we want to surprise and delight our subscription readers. Well, we are reading a lot of books that are coming out in in months ahead with the goal of finding one. The very best one. So most of what we read is not what we will choose. Right, right, right. feel free. So I'm going to skip over the one I just finished because... It's a likely contender. It's a likely contender, and I think it's going to be really surprising. This is one you got to get into because on the surface it could look like it's one thing, but it's a lot more things than, than what you think. Okay, so next up on my list... And I'm looking at February is this book that has a freaking awesome cover. It's called Big Swiss. It has this very distressed (laughs) kind of like Bottevelian character upside down by Jen Began. And um, the premise is a transcriptionist for a sex therapist falls in love with one of the clients. She's never met the person. As she's transcribing, she falls in love with the person. And then they, and then I think they do me. And so I'm just, I stayed up really late finishing this one that I hope is our January pick, um, unless we find something better. And then I just, um, I'm just going to go to bed until I got a couple pages in. And I'm liking the writing. It's really cool. Um, I I kind of feel like this could be a debut. So Big Swiss by Jen Began, but I'm also, because Rachel sang its praises, The Night Ship, I'm listening to on audiobook that's by Jess Kidd. And it is uh, 300 years apart, the 1980s, a boy um, on an island with his grandpa because he's lost his dysfunctional mother. Um, it sounds like maybe to suicide or drug abuse in one form or another. Um, and he's trying to figure out what the heck is my life going to be on this desolate island where fishing is the way of life and everybody's a little rough. Um, and then 300 years prior, a young girl who has lost her mother as well, going to live with her like importer, um, big timer father who left many years ago. And she has to take a seven month ship voyage to get to where they're headed and she's with a nursemaid she has a lot of curiosity there's a lot of kind of like urban legends on that leave her with some fear so that's the night ship by just kid um and that's out now so that's that's what i'm reading but i have oh it's so fun to think ahead like i my tbr is becoming so much more structured yeah i was thinking like i'm i always feel like i'm playing catch up and mm-hmm. so I kind of like shifting into this frame of mind where I'm like just reading head. Yeah. But also I'm going to have to find a way to filter in some of these books that I'm like picking up that I really want to read Babel. I do too. Um, Actually, it's a book club pick, so I will be reading it. Yeah. So I really want to read Babel, Mariah, um, our bookseller Mariah cannot sing his praises en- enough, Victorian England, kind of... Um, 
I don't know if you would say magical realism is kind of a semi-fantasy, but uh, Victorian England um, and has to do with language. Really want to read that. Um, I picked up from Parnassus Books um, and Patchett's beautiful bookstore when we were in Nashville, The Woman in the Library. It's a thriller, mystery thriller, and I just love the cover. Um, so that I want to filter in. They also have this teeny book about the dogs of Parnassus books <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's like a little gift book. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do that sometime when I need a little pick me up. So, oh, there's so many books. So many. Books. I want a day for every day. That's what I was telling people. I want a day. I want to sleep nine hours always, but I want to have like 48 hours in a day and I want nine hours of sleep to be enough. So I can do all the things I want to do. I want to do my all my kids' activities. I want to do something fun with them. I want to read a whole book every day. Um, I want to do bookstore stuff and be with customers all day long. And I suppose I want to exercise. I really like uh, <laughs> walking. I would take like an hour and a half walk. Um, I would train my dogs. There's a million things. There's just not enough time in the we day. We should have working walks. Okay. I agree. Uh, and we will be able to do that. You know why? Because we're renting the space down the way on Main Street. It is not going to be a storefront, but it is going to be a place of operations for um, all the exciting side businesses hustles. We're going to be doing all of our school orders out of there and all of our subscriptions. These exciting subscriptions are going to be built there. These boxes we're sending out are beautiful. Rachel's putting her love, sweat, blood, sweat, and tears and love and kisses into every box. (laughs) She liked your book. She liked your book. (laughs) So, um, but at the doghouse... Um, we get, there are no food and beverage restrictions, so we're going to play dogs all day. And so we'll walk down there and we'll let our dogs out of the kennel and they'll just go, Wah! and it'll be such a fun place. It will be a fun place. Okay. So that's what we're reading. And those are exciting things that are happening right now. Um, topic conversation today. Well, today is an important day. It is election day. Yeah. It's election day. It's election day. Um, we're recording, of course, ahead of time. I have my ballot in my notebook here. My to-do today is to deliver that ballot in person because I want my I voted sticker and because I don't want to not have my vote counted. I'm really looking forward, and I've already done it, but I need to make it official, voting no on retaining the state Supreme Court justices who wanted to infringe on our rights to our uteruses. And um, so that felt really good. Whether anything will come of it or not, um, you know, we'll find out after election day. But that felt really good to me. Um, We've met Deidre Dejir. She came to the store. She was a bookseller for a day. She talked to us. You 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 watched her on the um, the debate, the televised debate. Yes, I did. She's amazing. Totally understands what it means to be a public servant, which is who should be in charge is people who have a community and a service mindset. Um, And she certainly does. And she's a very optimistic person. And she, you know, she's not from Iowa originally. And this is where she has chosen to live her entire adult life. And she came to college here and she stayed here and she's invested, you know, in this state with her time and her energy. Um, And she deserves to be governor. Also on the ballot is this god awful constitutional amendment gun thing. Um, It is not the Second Amendment that is... Just yeah. vote no, okay? Just vote yeah. no, because it, it, w- it would make 
Iowa gun laws, and it has to actually pass my ballot two times. This is the first time. But if it were to, like, become a thing, we would have, like, the most wackadoodle gun laws in the entire country. Right. And which, so the reason why... Which is yeah. saying a lot, because there's... We're some, already there. We're already there. The, well, we should... The context we should give to that <laughs> is the very last thing on your ballot is asking whether... Basically, it, it poses itself as, do you want to uphold the Second Amendment in the state of Iowa? That's what it looks like on the surface. Well, of course, we have... A Second Amendment in the the U.S. Constitution. Let that be I'm just interpreted. Fill it in and then write. Fuck no. I know. I kind of was wondering about like, am I, I allowed think, to I add comments? To. You can't add I comments. I don't think you can oh, add comments. Shoot. I haven't voted yet, though. I'm going to vote on Election Day, and the reason why is because I discovered recently, or actually, I didn't like the um, mortgage broker discovered recently that my driver's license has expired, and so. <laughs> I had to um, make an appointment with the Iowa DOT to like renew my license and I couldn't get in for like a month. So I'm getting in like election day morning to get my driver's license and then I will take my updated ID to go vote. <laughs> so there we go again on voter rights right. and the restrictions we put in place uh, or the stumbling blocks. Which the by the way, hurdles. you don't actually have to show your ID. They will ask, but you do not have to. Ooh, interesting. Um, so anyway, you look into that uh, constitutional amendment. Uh, we would recommend voting no um, because those sorts of amendments at the state level are being used to basically say there are no laws in place at all to restrict gun ownership in type of gun, um, where you carry, what your training is, anything. And it makes, we know statistically across the world and across our country that lax gun laws result in dead spouses, dead children, public shootings, um, and we need to be we need to be looking at this responsibly. Like, oh, you know, when a child has all the privileges and no restrictions, and bad things happen, like they chop off their finger, or they almost set the house on fire because they microwave chocolate chips for like five minutes, and then the fire alarm went off, and you almost killed your uh, microwave. This happened in my house. Guess what happens? You put safety procedures in place because guess what? No laws results in scary things happening. If you're not smart enough, trained enough, responsible enough, caring enough, um, bad things can happen. Well, I really believe that if a person is a responsible gun owner, a truly responsible gun owner, then they have healthy respect for what a gun can do, mm-hmm. and they would a hundred percent be in support of common sense gun laws like universal background checks. So, if a gun owner is like, "I'm a responsible gun owner," I hate background checks. Checks. I'm like, actually, no, you're not a responsible gun owner because yeah. you do not have the appropriate mentality. And I will say, I know a lot of responsible. We gun do. Owners. We know so many good ones. So, but I'm like, okay, you're not. The NRA is not your people. We're your people. But anyway. It's election day, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the role that bookstores can play in democracy. Yeah. Besides Um, two bookstore owners getting on a podcast (laughs) and saying, listen up! Get on my soapbox. (laughs) Yeah, we're on our soapbox telling you what's up. We got a platform, and we're going to use it. No, tell me me what you think. 
Well, I think, I mean, bookstores are built around ideas. You're bringing uh, information and stories into your community that I think can inform the way people interact with the world, um, including politics. So we all have access to so much information, good and bad, right? Social media, internet, whatever. <clears throat> um, and I think we're inundated. Um, and we kind of live in these, these bubbles of like-minded people. But when you start reading and you're reading widely, mm-hmm. um, you're reading personal stories, fictional and nonfictional, across all sorts of walks of life mm-hmm. and backgrounds. And I think it opens your mind to ideas. I've learned more I've learned more about history from fiction books right. than I ever did in a history class. Right. So if you're reading widely or reading stories, I think you're you're engaging in a world. It, you're engaging with the world in a way that I think makes you a more informed voter. Right. I completely agree. Um, I think about some of the scariest issues facing me as a as a individual who's living on the planet Earth, as a mother who's got uh, four children who will hopefully survive many decades past me. And uh, it's through books that I'm engaging in the topics that affect us most care. You care about, um, immigration into this country, right? Read a story, fictional or nonfictional. What does it, what is the experience? Why does someone come to the United States? Once they're here, what happens? Putting in that like personal, just part of it, the human yeah. part of it. Um, my, we had um, a, a visitor to Ames this week, um, Hannah Nicole Jones. Woo, woo. Or, sorry, scrap that. Nicole Hannah Jones. Nicole Hannah Jones. My, yeah. my bad. Nicole Hannah Jones, um, 1619 Project. I unfortunately could not go, but my dad took my 13 year old. And, we, and half the staff went too. Yeah, so. and, and she came home. I was like, how did it go? And she was telling me about how. They were talking about things that she hadn't really thought about before. So like, and she was interested in reading the 1619 Project. So it's like, what a, what a way to, to broaden her mind and teach her a, maybe an, an, alter, an alternate story than the main one that she's been fed. I think life. one of the most important things I can say when it comes to elections, voting, your role in democracy is if you do not have experience on a topic, gain that experience by reading about someone who's had it. Talk to someone. So you can talk to someone, talk to someone who's had an abortion, talk to someone who came here as an illegal immigrant, talk to someone who doesn't, um, can't afford college, talk to someone who doesn't have healthcare insurance, like read a book that shows you what that life looks like. Because I, I, you know, we talk about this, like, um, a lot on the topic of abortion. If you don't have a uterus, you shouldn't really have a vote. My body, my choice. Okay. But, you know, unfortunately, our government is built in a way where men can vote about what happens to my body. Before you do that, if you have an opinion, you need to have experience. You need to talk to someone. You need to, you need to read. You don't get to have an opinion just because you invented it in your own mind. Right. Like, 
and, talk and to reading is a yeah. way that you can like gain access to to other experiences and a books where the bookstore comes in right mm-hmm. we have books obviously you can read but we're curating in a way yeah. we're trying to give you access right. to this multitude of stories yeah and experiences mm-hmm. and you know you and i were super intentional when we and we continue to be but when we op- before we opened the store when we went through the curation process for when what we would have when the store opened we thought a lot we spent a lot of time thinking about like who whose voices are going to are represented in this collection who's missing where do we have to fill in the gaps um because we wanted our community to have access to all these different stories and experiences and voices and that's what a, that's what a bookstore can do i know it's very exciting um as we're talking i was just like fantasizing about um you know, women suffragists who fought for our, our right to vote. And the argument was like, well, your husbands will represent your opinion. They can vote for you. You know, <laughs> that concept. God, can we just go back to that? But like flip it, reverse it. Like, I mean, I know there's plenty <laughs> of women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know there's plenty of women who believe in um, um, preventing access to abortion. But like... Can that just like that one topic just be like, sorry, honey, because I'm straight, you know, honey, you got to sit this one out. I'll represent your opinion. Don't worry. (laughs) I got it covered. Sorry. Uh, These are fantasies that I wish we can indulge. But um, but the good news is that one way we can exercise um, or one way that we can work toward the state country community that we want is by voting yep and and voting with informed as informed voters yeah you've explored the topic you've researched the topic you've talked to the people who've affect or are affected by it yeah and come to our bookstore we'll find we will match the ballot issue to a book and send you on your way right on okay so have fun voting, people. Exercise. Have, Constitutional right. Have fun voting, unless you're voting for Kim Reynolds, in which case, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your car breaks down. <laughs> I love you, though. I love you. I hope you still come into our store, but I just hope your car breaks down on the way to the voting booth. <laughs> All right. We got some other things we got to talk about. Okay. We got... We have a lot coming out this week, but we're kind of going to talk about a few of the big ones. Um, tell us about Galatea. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so this is like a short little book. It's a short story. I'm excited about it. And, and one of the reasons why is because I have not read Madeline Miller yet. Sorry. I I know. That's yeah. not the cover. Um, we are... Madeline Miller has written Saga of Achilles and Circe. She broke out the genre of um, Greek retellings, basically. People went wild. She remains a bestseller in our bookstore. So this is a short story, um, I believe, that was in print before, but it's being repackaged in a beautiful hardcover edition, and the cover is gorgeous, okay? The Goodreads cover is not the cover. It's, like, a better yeah, we cover. we actually just got it in. Right, and today. so... This cover um, reimagines the myth of Galatea and Pygmalion. 
And I feel like we've talked about this before, but, um, oh no, I talked about it in the, in, I, false big dogs. Yeah, this is did. a fall, fall big dog, but I will repeat it so for your benefit. It's a retelling of Galatea and Pygmalion. Yeah. But for people who don't know who these people are, Pygmalion is a marble sculptor. He sculpts a woman's body because, you know, that's how we told stories. Like, the only reason that a woman exists is because the man made her. Anyway, she's the most beautiful woman anyone has ever seen. He works with a goddess to bring Galatea, the female sculpture, most beautiful woman ever in existence, to life. And he imagines that once she's brought to life because he created her, that she will exist simply for his love and benefit. And, um, yeah, Rachel has it now. It's adorable. This is a stocking stuffer. Your Greek lover should get this in their stocking. Oh, so this is someone who loves Greek or your lover who is Greek. Sure. Because. You love Greek retellings. <laughs> um, but what we find out is Can Galatea. Yeah, that would be good, too. Um, Galatea is a woman, and as a human being, she exists for her own purposes. And that is hard for a Pygmalion. So what happens? Okay, so that's we'll what that's about. We will find out. All right. Uh, next one we both oh. love, and we have talked about it on this podcast before, but it's Now It's Not the Time to Panic by Kevin Wilson, who's one of our favorite authors. And this is a story that takes place in the 90s. It's two kind of lost teenagers whose families are falling apart, and they connect over the course of one summer. And they decide that they're going to do art together over the summer. Like public art. Public art, yep. And so they create this sort of, she writes this random poem that really means nothing to her. And he write, makes this cool illustration by the words and they print a bunch of copies and they hang them around town. Yeah, poster art. And it becomes this phenomenon where like almost a satanic panic. Yeah, because this was a thing that happened in that era. They were worried yes. That all the kids were worshiping Satan yeah. and that the world was going to come to the end because we were yeah. going to destroy it. And so it became this huge thing beyond their community and they kept it a secret that it was them because there was some fallout from it. Like people started to freak out. And now they're adults and um, the main character has been contacted by a reporter who's like, I know who you are. And... So, you know, she's trying to figure out if she should, you know, own up. And she's also reaching out to this kid who was her friend for a summer. So it's a lot about um, that that friendship. Yeah. Um, it's about art and how art can take on a life of its own. But um, there's just magic. It's like when yeah. you eat a you eat the perfect dish and you cannot, can't put your, can't put your, uh, tongue on is that that finger on you can't put your finger on what ingredients are in this dish i really wish i knew kevin has humor and originality and absurdity but this is not like oh weird what's this crazy shit i just read this is like relatable you're invested you care yeah. you're moved um and we're I so excited it, like takes you back to when you were that age and what it felt like to you know when you feel like you're no one really understands you. Ellen loves this shit. I love it Because so much. that's why she was a middle school teacher and high school teacher. She loves the misunderstood, don't really know who they are youth. I do. It's like such a unique time in a person's life. You know? Yeah, it is. It is. It is so interesting. Um, you like to dwell in it. I would like my kids to figure out 
who the hell they are and start <laughs> acting like adults. I don't know that I enjoy dwelling it now that I have a teenager myself, yeah. but I understand. I remember what it was like to be that age and to feel like to want wanting so badly to be understood and to stand out, but also being terrified of like not fitting in. Um, um, but yeah, anyway, he writes Coming of Age Beautifully, and it's a wonderful book, and everyone should read it. Okay, I want to tell you about the next one, but I'm finding my phone uh, because I want, I just want to give you a sampling, okay? So the next one's poetry. I'm not a poetry reader, but I mean, I will, I will, but it's not like, oh, I can't wait for the next poetry book. <laughs> but the one person I feel that way about is Kate Bear. Kate Bear is a woman who is a poet, but was also a mom in the throes of the leaky boobs and the body <laughs> recovering and the postpartum and the who the hell am I? And she started throwing her poetry out on Instagram and people read it and Cup of Joe, apparently people love Falling Cup of Joe, discovered her and she became a contributor. And so she found her, people just resonated with what she had to share. And I, I love this idea of like womanhood and motherhood and those like simple, crazy things that we deal with every single day, trying to figure out who we are, you know, yeah. talk about middle schoolers. What is it to be a middle-aged woman well, who's responsible realize, for children? Right? It's like, do never you ever, ends. Are you ever, do you ever figure yourself no. out? No, no, you don't. <laughs> so she has her third book of poetry out. Um, the cover is killer. Is Every one of her covers is killer. She's gotten the best artist. I bought a t-shirt for her let's see to her her debut book was what kind of woman and i literally laugh out loud reading her her poetry some of it just gut punches me and makes me cry but i will be in bed laughing and hand the book over to my husband and be like you have to read this meanwhile he's showing me videos of like people falling and hitting their heads that's what entertains him but um <laughs> i just want to read um just a sampling of the latest thing she threw up there okay so <clears throat> she got this message from dale partridge hey dale dale you're like the new karen all the dales Okay, so this is what Dale says. Dale says, men should dress like men and women should dress like women. Culture is clearly trying to blur these lines and Christians should exemplify the distinctions. Ladies, wear dresses often. Keep your hair long and stay healthy. Men, ditch the gay look. Grow a beard and get strong. Then he writes, feminism has cultivated a culture of, quote, male guilt. Oh, that has caused thousands of men, husbands, and fathers to self-castrate, port them, and abdicate their biblical roles to lead, shepherd, and rule. Not allowing people to abort their babies is a great way to love your neighbor. So she gets messages all the time. You put yourself out there. You share your art in the world, your love and care for the world. And this is what she gets back, particularly from men. So she takes this message and this is part of like her blackout poetry that she does. And here are the words she pulls from Dale's messages. She takes Dale's hate and lack of understanding and turns it into this. Women stay strong, self-lead, 
and allow love. I love her so much. <laughs> so anyway, her new book is going to be killer. Um, just pick it up. Every Woman in Your Life, another great stocking stuffer. They they come out in paperback. They're gorgeous. Um, all my sisters are getting one. I've already read it. Um, they're, little, they're little reminders of what you need. Okay. And then we've got a memoir. Um, fatty, fatty, boom, boom. Ooh, this is so exciting because this lady's coming to town. Yes. Rabia Chaudhry, who you may know because she's like hosts and produces a ton of podcasts. Mm -hmm. So if you listen to podcasts, which obviously you do, you are probably familiar with her name. But it's a, it's her story of struggling her whole life with with weight, which I can relate to. Um. And, you know, sort of the messages, you know, she received about how she should look versus, you know, her love of food and enjoying food. And then also her journey um, into discovering Pakistani food. So her parents, you know, in the U.S. were like really enamored with U.S. like fast food and, you know, the processed food that we like to consume. Um, so it's really a, her memoir about her kind of coming to terms with her body and her love of food, but also her cultural heritage. Yeah. So it's really good. And um, her previous book is related to the Adnan Syed case. Yep. So you don't know what that is. You got some podcasts catching up to do. You got to go back and read Serial because Adnan is out. And that's exciting. Out. Thanks and, to this kind of work. Yeah. And then lastly, um, it's not a new release, but it's been in re it's been a reprint for a while. It's being republished, so we have not had copies for several months. It's coming out, Legends and Lattes. P okay, this is just crazy. <laughs> it looks like Shrek. Okay, it looks like they're it's ogres. ogres. Coffee love story. It's about an ogre who was like a killer. It was like I want to retire from killing and I want to <laughs> open up a coffee shop. And then there's love. And every single person who reads this book is like, oh, my God, I love it. It's so amazing. We have Danica to thank, who is now a librarian in Roswell, New Mexico, for bringing this into the store. But many, many other people have read it. So it's repackaged. Same killer art. We will have a giant stack. We're putting it straight on the bestseller table because the only reason it hasn't stayed there is because they repackaged. Yeah, yeah they, they just put it back together. Um. Okay, what's coming out in kids? Okay, so Jambret is kind of like um, a quintessential children's illustrator author. Indeed. She tells a lot of really classic tales. She always has seasonal tales. Um, she's been into these mammoths lately. And um, she's been into mammoths. Yeah, lately. I mean, you know, <laughs> she's setting really a new trend right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, everyone thinks axolotls are cute. Okay. But she would rather we get into these adorable creatures. Mammoths. Oh, no. Um, sorry. Muskox. They look oh, like mammoths. Muskox. Ma oh, now we're talking. Yeah. So they're woolly. They're cozy. They have horns. Um, and she's <laughs> written about them before, but this one's called Cozy in Love. So it's a very wintry, loving tale. Her illustrations are hyper illustrated. There's so many illustrations, so many little details. Um, lovers of Jambrat will be glad that there's a new one out this holiday. Um, and I see we have Bloodmark to the sequel to Legendborn. That's exciting. 
Yes. So actually, a lot of our kids' books coming out this week are sequ- they're parts of series. Right. So <clears throat> Bloodmarked is the sequel to Legendborn. So this is a series. This has been a staff favorite. And it's about a secret society of teenagers who hunt demons. Woo! Okay, so that's the sequel. We have Cursed by Marissa Meyer, which is a sequel to Gilded, mm-hmm. a retelling of Rumpelstiltskin. Ooh, I love Rumpelstiltskin. Like, there I mean, are I think so I just many. like saying Rumpelstiltskin. I know. Rumpelstiltskin. 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 I know. Uh, we also have that in picture book form, but that and The Princess and the Pea are like my favorite stories. But, and then yeah. lastly, we have the the newest in the Arc of the Scythe series by Neil Shusterman, Gleanings. Scythe, I think, is one of the best young adult series. It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic sci-fi, well, it's right? it's not post-apocalyptic, but it's, it basically takes place in an era where we have advanced enough as a society that we can save ourselves from death. Ooh, so yeah it's like how anti-apocalyptic we know how to heal everything cure everything but the problem is we still live on earth and earth can't sustain a population of immortal people and so you have these people called sides who are the most revered people in society and their job is to reap like to kill people to kill i can make a I, I can make a list for them <laughs> hey scythe i got one it's election take can you take care of it next before now next time a mean person comes in we'll be like right to the side the side list (laughs) but Um, this is kind of like um a companion novella yes but there's also there's also no it's the fourth in the series okay it's not a companion okay um and it's there's sort of this sci-fi element to it too because like all the like daddy in the world is part of this thing called like the thunderhead so when you think about the cloud yeah um so like there's that too. And like and it how much power are you giving something that is not human? Right. Mm, very interesting. All right. That's what's popping on our shelves. What's popping in the store? Well, tonight at seven we have the Emerging Writer series. Mm-hmm. This is a series we do with the Masters of Fine Arts Creative Writing Program at Iowa State University. So each time it features two to three writers in that program. Um, really fun collaboration. We really enjoy having them here tomorrow in the morning, 10 o'clock. Wednesday. I'm going to read books with Lovey. I'm going to read books with Lovey. We're going to, we, we have read um, some indigenous American uh, written books. Um, I think books about gratitude. That's what the month of November is about. National Native American Heritage Month. Um, we're going to read own voices. And we're also going to talk about the history of Thanksgiving um and gratitude so we have a huge selection in that area awesome and then tomorrow at seven o'clock wednesday seven o'clock we have cocktails and combos with clara mckenna to celebrate the release of the fourth book in her stella and lindy mystery series murder at the majestic hotel yeah that'll be really fun and there will be a cocktail so you know so these are sort of like historical mysteries Mm -hmm. you want to go back to kind of like the agatha agatha christie era yes you're gonna get that little bit of feel and then thursday seven o'clock we have trivia this is our last trivia before taking a break for the holidays correct yes so we will be back in january for trivia but this is our last trivia of 2022 yeah and our trivia crew man we had a packed house last time yeah we did (laughs) packed to the brim emily does such a great job and my team won (laughs) Uh 
Ellen promised she didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. Okay, but Saturday, 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 come in. Shop for a cause. Everybody's already holiday shopping. Um, The people who are holiday shopping sometimes surprise me. Um, College Kid came in. He was like, I'm really bad at buying gifts. He goes on to reveal that, like, he hand makes things for people. But, like, (laughs) he doesn't, like, do the whole, like, shop in person thing. He was buying gifts for his family. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're so cool. Um, It also kind of freaks me out because... I'm not holiday shopping yet. I'm not doing I'm getting our story or our store ready for it. But um, the reason why you should get started on Saturday is because <laughs> Main Street is doing shop for a cause. Most of the businesses down here have identified a cause that they would like to support. So while you're in here, you have the opportunity to make a contribution to a very valuable community organization. The group we are partnering with is Raising Readers. Raising Readers was also our partner last year. We really believe in what they do because they get books into kids' hands. Having books in the home that are read aloud or self-explored for children is super, super valuable. They are constantly handing out books at the doctor's office, at uh, what's the playtime called? That everybody got play pals. Play pals. They have a million different access points to children. They have reading times during the summer. We really love the work they do to get books in kids' hands. So in our store, you can make a financial contribution, but you can also shop from a curation of books that they need for their clients, for their community members that they want to give books to. So buy a book at a discount. We will get it to raising readers and there will be a lot of happy little readers this holiday season. Aww. Yeah. Well, cheers to that. Yeah. So I always get confused. We can keep the champagne going and the books flowing or we can keep the champagne flowing and the books going. It can work both ways. I mean, I think you're right. I think you're right. Keep the champagne flowing and the books going. Keep them both flowing and going. Flowing and going. Flowing and going. All year round. All year round. All day, every day. Yeah. And vote. <laughs> Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in dog books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Ames. Or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great! It's so great! <laughs>